<laughs> you know, we have been looking at in the last four, four weeks, maybe five, uh, a series called God Is. And I hope that you have enjoyed it. We're going to continue doing it as we look at the attributes of God, the characteristics of God. We have looked at God is holy, separate from any other entity in the universe. We looked at God is faithful, that He never breaks His promise. We looked at God is good. God is good. Not just some of the time, all the time. All the time. We've looked at God is all-powerful. That there's none has the power of, of a holy God. Today we're going to look at God is unchangeable. That He is a rock <laughs> that we can stand on. That He never changes. So that's what we're going to be looking at uh, today. Um, Brian, open us up with prayer, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, put that definition up there, Dirk, the one that we struggle with so mightily. <laughs> uh, definition of change. I, I found this in, in the dictionary, well, in the computer dictionary, I guess. Change to make the form, the nature, the content, the future course, etc., of something different from what it is or from what it would be if left alone. All right. That, that completely confused at that point. That's good. I, I, I'm good at that. I can, I can muddy the waters pretty quickly, okay? Yeah, we know what change is, don't we? Change can be good and change can be not so good. We hear about technology and, and the changes that take place in technology. They say in five years, technology will be 32 times faster and bigger and better than it is even today. It said in 10 years, Technology will be faster and bigger, a thousand times better than what we're seeing today. I can't imagine. We have so much information at the push of a button, do we not? Technology has really changed the way we look at things. I know just in the last two years since COVID, we, this church has gone from a, a church that has only heard the message right here in this building to a, a church that has their services broadcast all over the world through YouTube. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing. A, a little church in Arapahoe, Oklahoma, uh, I've had pastors tell me that they, in Zimbabwe, that they are able to listen to our services uh, even as we speak. That is mind-boggling to me, to say the least. Uh, since COVID, we have online giving. I mean, if you 
have gone for a while and you've not been able to give and you want to give and you can't make it here, we have online giving. With a push of a button, you can donate $1,000, $5,000, $10,000 or whatever you choose to <laughs> donate. That's, that's not a suggestion, Bill, but maybe it could be, okay? I mean, <laughs> one of them subliminal things that you get, I guess. But it's just amazing, isn't it, the, the technology. I know when I had my last hip surgery, uh, a robotic arm did almost all of it, a robot. And I said, now, Doc, you going to be in there with that robot? Because I don't trust that robot. Amazing. They can stop and start your heart just like that, like it's no big deal, like it's a walk in the park. Technology is just amazing. And it can be good. But we know sometimes change is not so good. Not all change is, is beneficial. Uh, not to be political, but I know when, when uh, uh, President uh, uh, Barack Obama became president and, and Mr. Biden was his vice president, uh, he made the statement that he was fundamentally going to change America. Fundamentally change America. Even if we didn't want it or not, he was going to fundamentally change. And I think Mr. Mr. Biden has, has kind of kept on with that, uh, that idea. We know COVID has changed just about everything, hasn't it? 9-11 was a, was a big change in the way we did things, in the way we have operated. I know morals have changed, have they not? Uh, the things that, uh, uh, that used to be taboo. Uh, the things that we see and the things that we speak and the things that we listen to would never be out in public. And now uh, we see them plastered everywhere. Uh, words that little children should not hear and see. We hear of them chanting different words in, in stadiums that should not be seen and heard. We are being pushed towards a godless society, are we not? America was founded on godly principles. But that fundamental change that we're seeing is pulling us away from godly principles. We must be careful in society to not allow the godlessness that we are seeing in America to affect the church, to affect you and I, to affect our witness. Society is changing constantly, and we know that. Did you know people are changing? People change. Well, yeah, we get older and we get better looking as we get older. Okay, how's that one? You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you, Jerry? Um, the greatest change that a person can ever make in his life is when they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is the biggest change you can ever make. Because, you see, he is... He has forgiven you of your sin when you accept Him as Lord and Savior. He has pardoned you for eternity. He has given you eternal life. There is no bigger change in the life of a person than when they accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you have never done that, I just want to just encourage you to think about that, ponder that, meditate on that, and then do it, okay? Uh, if you've got guilt, if you've got forg unforgiveness, if you've got bitterness, if you've got wrath, you've got all that kind of stuff going on, and you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, uh, uh, today would be a good day to do that. And let him take all that and let him wipe all that and let him forgive all of that and let him clean you up a little bit. A whole lot, I guess you would say. Let him do that if you would. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17, I've said this verse 100,000 times, and one of these days we're all going to know what it means. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation or new creature. The old is gone, and now, behold, the new has come. The Bible talks about when we accept Christ as Lord and Savior, we get a new heart. We become a new person. And one of the things that we know that if we have been born again is that we do have a new heart. We, knew, we, knew, we have a new idea about who God is. You see, we can't become a new creation, a new creature, if you would, without having a new heart. If, if you walk the aisle and you think you accepted Christ and you never had a change of your heart for the things of God, to pursue the things of God. I'm, I, with all the love I got, I'm going to tell you, I don't believe you're saved. You've got to have a change. The Bible says it's got to come on you. And that change comes from the inside out. When you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, your life, before then your life was headed towards death. And now it's headed towards life. When your life was headed for darkness, now it's headed for light. When, you're, when your life was nothing but a sinner, and now when you accept Christ, you become a saint. When you have a life that had no hope, you now have a life of inheritance that is protected by God Almighty. When you have, before you were saved, you were lost. And when you accepted Christ, you now have been found. Before you were saved, you had a hardened heart. Now you have a compassionate heart. You see, a, a change happens when we accept Christ as Lord and, and Savior. When you got saved, when I got saved, He gave you a new purpose. Did you know that? He gave you a new purpose in life. I mean, he said, this is, this is your purpose now. This is why I want you here. And it's Matthew twenty two thirty seven, 37. And he says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. That's your purpose. It's to love God with everything you got. That's what he wants. He also gave us a new priority. 633 of Matthew says, but seek ye what? First the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then what? And all these things will be added to you. See, when you got saved, he gave you a new purpose and he gave you a new priority to seek him first. He also gave you a new passion, something to love. What, what is that new passion? It's John 13, 34, and 35. He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, that you love one another. And then it goes on to say, and the world will know if you are my disciples by the way you love others. See, he's given us a new heart, a new passion, a new priority. He said, I want you to love me. I want you to love him first. And then the second commandment is this, to love one another. When you got saved, you now have a love for other people. You have a love for the Lord. And then he says he gave you a new plan, Jeremiah 29, 11. Yep. For I know the plans I have for you, God says. Plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans for a future and a hope. You see, when, when you got saved, he gave you all of that. He put all that into you because how, how, why would he do that? Because he put a new heart in you. And your heart now pursues the things of God and not to pursue the things of this old world. You see, you got to understand that. You have been changed, believer. Christian, you have been changed. And now we've got to start living that way because you have a new plan, a new purpose, a new passion, and a new priority in your life. 
Why? Because the Bible says you have been changed. You have been changed. The second thing, change, that we see in a Christian is you are being changed. You are being changed. That's called sanctification. When you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, you were changed. And now you are being changed. And I hope every person in this room is being changed. Because you see, every time you seek the Lord, every time you worship the Lord, every time you praise the Lord, every time you, you study His Scriptures, every time you take the time to see God's hand doing things in your life, you see, you are coming closer to God. And as we do those things and we see God's prayers, we see our prayers answered by God. And we intentionally seek Him and see, intentionally want to be with Him and intentionally want to come to His, his house to, to worship. When we intentionally do those kinds of things, guess what happens to a person's heart? You are being changed. But when you leave out seeking the Lord, when you leave out reading His Word, when you leave out praying, when you leave out attending His, His church, there's not, there can't be any change there. You see, when you guys saved, you have a desire to, to want to know more about who God is. And you see, we want to be more like His Son, Jesus Christ. Did you know that? That's called Christ-likeness. And when we, when we intentionally go after him, we, we are starting to be changed from the inside out. And that change from the inside out says, I want to be more like Jesus Christ. I want my life to reflect, to look more like him than looks like me. You see, I want to be changed to the point that the things I say look like Jesus the way I act looks like Jesus. The way I react looks like Jesus. The way I love looks like Jesus. The way I forgive looks like Jesus. You see, when we've been born again, we are also being changed. That's where the rubber meets the road. So many of us, we stop at being changed when we accept Christ. And we don't go any further than that. We are just satisfied to go, I got my fire insurance, boys and girls. I'm good to go. But, you know, spending time with God, spending time with all you people here in this church. You know, uh, I, Jim talked about hypocrites. Okay. I spend time with them. And you have to begin to wonder, have your heart ever been changed? Are you pursuing the things of God or are you not? Because if you've been changed, the Bible says you're going to want want to be closer to God. You're going to want to be like Christ. You're going to, that's a desire that you have in your life. You want to be like that. 2 Corinthians 3.18, the, the second part of that says this. We are being transformed into the same image. And that same image is Jesus Christ. He said we are being transformed. We are being change we're moving from where we used to be until he wants us where he wants us he says you're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the lord the spirit are you willing to being changed in your life
And you do that by spending time with God. And you do that by spending time with other people. And when you do that, you are being changed from the inside out. Your life now will begin to look like what Jesus' life looked at. And that's what we're supposed to be. And then one day, Christian friends, we will be changed. We will be changed. Okay? We have been changed. We're being changed. And one of these days, we will be changed. When the shout comes from heaven and the voice of the archangel speaks and the trumpet of God sounds on that great, great day when he said, when God said, son, go get your children. And we ra- he raptures us up from that old grave. When he takes that old, those dead bones, those ashes in that grave, those ashes in the urn, wherever they are in that raptured time, what's he going to do? He's going to call his children forth. And we will be raptured. And the Bible says we will be changed for eternity. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 says it this way. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And then it says what? We will be changed. What an awesome, awesome job to be able to take a bag of old bones that are sitting in some grave somewhere. And he's going to bring those bones to life. And the Bible tells us that he's going to, we're going to bust out of that old grave and we're going to meet our spirit in the air where Jesus is. And he's going to give us a glorified, resurrected body suited just for heaven. That is a change that no one else can ever do. We will be changed one of these days if you've accepted Christ as Lord and, and Savior. You see, people can change, can they not? I mean, if you look around and you know some folks who are, who are awful, awful people, I thought of, I'm thinking of just a, a friend of mine named Emmett, Call- Emmett uh, McKenzie, who, was, who preached here one Sunday, who was a, he was a dopehead, he was a fugitive, he was a prisoner, he's got all the tats you'd ever want to see, he's still got some of them, he's trying to get rid of some of them, but he's got the tat, he looks the part of a gangster. But one day God got a hold of him and changed his life. He changed his life completely. And now he's a preacher of the gospel. Now he is going to seminary to get some more, a little more intelligence. But he is the, the greatest personal evangelist, personal evangelist that I've ever seen. He doesn't mind telling anybody of what Jesus did in his life. Took him from an old, old, dead sinner and now has made him into a saint. That's change. And that change only comes through a trust and a belief and a faith in holy Jesus. Have you been changed? Are you being changed? And will you be changed? Those are some good questions that we need to answer. Society changes. Life changes. People change. God doesn't change. And that's where we want to go with just real quick today. God does not change. Everything else changes. Everything around us will change. God doesn't change. God does not change. Four real quick ideas I want to give you to you real quick. That I hope you can just grasp if you would. God's promises never change. Think about that. God's promises never change. Numbers 23, 19. 
says this, God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. God doesn't need to repent anything. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Those are kind of questions with the same answer, is it not? He is God. His promises never change. There was a man by the name of Everett Storm a few years ago decided to, you know, he got interested <laughs> in God's Word. He said, you know, I'd kind of like to know just how many promises are in the Bible. See, he had read the Bible already 26 times through from cover to cover. And on the 27th one, he goes, I'm going to take my time on this one. I'm going to write down every promise that I can find in God's Word. So he read it cover to cover for the 27th time. He said when he finished, he came up with 7,487 promises. 7,487 promises. That's a, that's a bunch. <laughs> okay, that's a bunch. And did you know God will never break one of those? I mean, some of us struggle with one promise. <laughs> He got 7,400 promises in there. God says, I will never waver. I will never change. I will never go, oops, I forgot that one. Sorry about that. See, God never changes. His promises never change. When God says, fear not, I am with you, he means it. When he says, do not be dismayed, for I am your God, he means it. When he says, I will strengthen you and help you, he means it. That's not going to change. When he says, if you lack wisdom, all you got to do is ask me and I'll give you a whole bunch of it. He means it. You want wisdom? Ask him. He says, I'll give it to you. All you need. He said, if you confess your sins, I'll forgive you and clean it all up. Clean your life up. He says, I mean that. I'll do that. He says, the, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He means it. You mean even, yeah. When I, yeah, he means it. When you acknowledge him and he will direct your path, he means it. When he says you must be born again, he means it. When he says there's only one way for you to be able to get into heaven, he means it. His son only. Not another option. That's it. You see, his promises never change. He says, I'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. I want to do that to you. That's a promise I want to give to you. And you know what? He means it. That's what he wants to do for you. That is a promise he says, I'm going to give to my people, my children. And I'm not going to break that promise. Not going to waver. Not going to mess that one up. When he says, I want you to love others, he says, I want you to forgive others. Yeah, he means it. You see my point? See, God's promises never change. He'll never go, oops. He'll never go, I changed my mind. When he says, I will be with you no matter what, he means it. When the rivers of life, he says, try to start flooding over you and trying to drown you, 
He says, I'm with you, and I mean it. God's promises never change. I am so glad that God's promises never change. When we live in a changing world, a changing environment, a changing society, a changing morals, God says, my promises are good. Believe them, trust them, have faith in them, stand on them, and live my promises, he says. Yes. 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 You bet. Second thing I think we see that never changes is God's provisions. God's provision. This, this, and I got to looking at this. I never really thought about this this way before. James 1, 7, 17 says, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. And I never have never really grasp this point before the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament the God of the Old Testament is the same God that we have come here today to worship and his provisions never change when he fed the Israelites in the desert for 40 40 years man and gave him quail when he sent the ravens, the Bible says, to feed Elijah because Elijah needed some food, God's provisions never change. When God took five loaves of bread and two fishes and fed the multitude because they were hungry, God's provisions never change. When God gave Jonah a tree to shade himself because he needed some help right there, God provided what he needed. When Jesus was coming into Jerusalem, God gave him a donkey to ride on. Gave him a donkey to ride on. You see, God's provisions never change. When the Lord says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It says, my provisions never change. My word is true. You will never want. If you are one of my children and I am your shepherd... I am your Lord. I will provide you what you need. His provisions never change. When it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the last part of that verse says, and all these things will be added unto you. The God who provided for Elijah and Moses and the people longs to provide for his children. If you'll just let him. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You see, God's provisions never change. What a great encouragement that is. When, When in the Old Testament, Daniel cried out to the Lord. When David cried out to the Lord, when Peter and Paul cried out to the Lord, and God provided for every one of those folks in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I got to get you to understand that is the same God today that wants to provide for you. It is not some God way out there. It's not some Bible story way out there. It's not something like, oh, well, that doesn't reply to me yet, do. 
It does apply to you because his provisions never change. If he would provide for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if he would be in that fire with, with Daniel, if he would be with Peter and Paul as they witnessed around the world, that same God whose provisions never change will be your provisions if you'll just let him. We don't need to walk around this old world saying, oh, oh, poor pitiful me, I don't know what I'm going to do. We got a God that says, I am on your team. I want to provide for you. I provided for all them boys and girls in here. I'm going to provide for you if you just believe him and let trust him. His provisions never change. God's personality never changes. Jesus is God in the flesh. I know you know that. And it says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. His personality never changes. When we see Jesus, when we see his wisdom, when we see his grace and his compassion, when we see his love, we see his glory and his power, we are witnessing characteristics of God Almighty. That is exactly who God is. God's personality says, I love you. I want to support you. I want to encourage you. I want to provide for you. God's personality says, I am not an enemy. I'm a friend. God's personality says, you can't be bad enough for me not to want to save you. You see, God's personality never changes. And we look at Jesus and how he lived and, and what he said and what he did. That is just a picture of his father. His personality never changes. When we are overwhelmed with life and we are afflicted with life and life doesn't seem to want to fit for us, God's personality doesn't change. He just says, come on to me. Come to me and I'll give you rest. For my yoke is easy, he says, and my burden is light. Put your eyes on, on Jesus, if you would, when life overwhelms you. Because he said God's personality doesn't change. Well, you, you messed up a little bit down the road. You, you made some bad choices down there. And, and you know, God doesn't, God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't want me to come to him anymore. And all he says, my personality doesn't change. Yeah, I do. I do love you. Even though you have messed up royally in your life, God says, I still love you. You messed up really bad. And God said, I sent my son for you to die on the cross so that you can have eternal life. I don't want nobody to go to that place known as fire and brimstone. He says, that's why I'm patient with you. Second Peter 3, 9. That's why I'm patient with you. Because I want nobody going there. My personality says, I love you too much. But that's, your, but that's your choice, he would say. The fourth thing, real quick, and I'll just move on. God's prophecies never change. Prophecies, prophecies are being forecast in the future. And God's prophecies are always talking about later on down the road, if you would. But God's prophecies also talk about that one day there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment day coming for Christians, and there's a judgment day coming for unbelievers. We'll get there in just a minute. But there's one coming, and his prophecies will never change. When he speaks prophecy, when he speaks about the future, it's not going to be an oops. It's going to be, yep, that's what I said. It won't take place. The same God who said, I am with you wherever you go in Joshua 1.9, also says in Ezekiel 18.20, he says, the soul who sins shall die. 
The same God who says that his love endures all generations also says if you reject him, you will be gone forever. You will be lost forever. Jesus warned in John 18, 24, that if you reject him, you will die in your sins. That's prophecy. If you, if, if you live your life and, and he said, I'm just going to tell you, you never accept Christ as my Savior. This is what happens. You're going to die in your sins. Okay? And what happens when you die in your sins? Romans twenty fifteen says this. If anyone's name is not found in the book of life, he or she is thrown into the lake of fire. That's a prophecy. That's a promise, okay? If your name is not written in the book of life and you get your name written there when you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, your name is not there. And they look down the road and go, nah, sorry, don't see you there. His prophecy, his promise says that you'll be thrown into the lake of fire. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody wants that. But he says, if you choose to reject my Savior, if that's, if that's what you want to do, you want to have nothing to do with my son, he said, I'll honor that, and I'll honor that for an eternity, if that's what you want. Yeah, I love you, but if you're going to reject my son, then, then I'll, I'll let you not live with him forever and ever. That is so sad, but it's the truth. Luke 13, 3 says this. Jesus said, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. There's a coming a day for judgment for Christians. And it's called the, the judgment seat of Christ. And in the judgment seat of Christ, we will not be judged because of our sin. Because you see, when we accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, He took all that from us on His death on the cross. He took all of our sin and He gave us all His righteousness. We will never be confronted with our sin again. The judgment seat of Christ says that you'll be rewarded for all the good deeds that you've done in my name. Okay? That's going to be a whole lot better judgment than the next one. You see, the next one is called the great white throne judgment. And that is for those who have rejected Christ all their life, who have never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, didn't want nothing to do with him, lived their life, bebopped around, and did everything they wanted to do except, except pursue the things of God and accept his son. And the Bible says that is the lake of fire. You'll be condemned forever in the lake of fire. Nobody has time for that. Trust Jesus as Lord and Savior and receive eternal life. That's a prophecy. That is a future. That is something that's going to happen. When the world gets out of control, when it seems to be spinning away from us, when we wonder what kind of future that we have as people here on this earth, and I know some of those thoughts have already come into your minds as we, as we see society just kind of drifting away from the Lord. I want to encourage you with these words. God is an unchanging God. His promises never change. No matter what the world says, His promises will not change. His provisions for you, His desire for you, His want, his want to, to provide will never change. His personality never changes. The love He has for you and I never changes. His want for you the best never changes. And then we find his prophecies never change. You can almost tie the prophecies with the promises. You almost could, couldn't you? They said, if you do this, I promise this is going to happen. If not, this is, <laughs> this is what's going to 
going to happen. You know, I think we need to spend some time sometimes just thinking and praising him for his ability not to change. I mean, it's, it's hard in it when you, when you talk to people and, and one day their opinion is this and the next day their opinion is that and they're just wishy-washy and however the wind blows. Those are hard to kind of grasp to trust, aren't they? But God says, nah, I'm not like that. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to waver. I'm not going to go oops. Forgot that one. Thank him for his unchanging ability. Thank him that, that he is the eye of the storm. When the storm rages around it, he is the eye of peace and calmness. He is not shifting sand, if you would. He will do exactly what he says and trust his promises. Isn't that great that we get to serve a God who is absolute holy, who is absolutely faithful, who is absolutely good, has our good intentions in mind. We serve a God who is all-powerful. He can make anything happen that he wants to make happen. And aren't you glad that we serve a God that never changes, never changes? Man, wouldn't it be something if he, if he comes up at the, at the judgment day and he goes, ah, you know, I was just, I just messing with that. You really didn't have to be a Christian. I'm going to let everybody into heaven. No, I wouldn't. I was going to say I'd be ticked, but no, I shouldn't. That's not the right attitude to have for the, the lost. <laughs> no, forget I said that, okay? <laughs> that, that, I don't know where that came from. We serve an awesome God who loves us. Rhonda, as you play. I don't know about today's message. I'm here to tell you that the enemy did not want it preached. I can promise you that. He did not want this one preached. Not because of what I've said. I don't know why. But for some reason, he didn't want it preached. But we got her done, didn't we? When the Bible says, you're weak, I'm strong, he says. As we bow our head and close our eyes, if you've never accepted Christ as Lord and Savior, man, today would be the day to do it. His promises don't change. When he says, if you die without Christ, you die in your sins, and there's a long eternity. When God says, he loves you, and I sent your son so you wouldn't have to, he means it. If you've been born again, and you've been changed, are you still changing? Are you still changing? Are you still wanting to come close to God? Are you still wanting to be more Christ-like in your life? That's between you and God. You have to decide that. I don't know. But if that's where you're at, that the things of God are not as important to you as they used to be, that'd be a good time to say, man, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Put me on that right path again so that, that I am being changed from the inside, that I am more like your son Christ every day. Whatever God has dealt with you today, do business with him today. The altars are open if you need them. If you need to come talk, that's fine. Come pray, that's great. Just let God have his service today. That's the piano place.